30, yeah, we back, nigga. 30, yeah, we back, nigga. 30, yeah. Go next. You are now listening to another Nick and 30 exclusive powered by Venture Season Network. Nick's tape. We here. What's going on, y'all? It's your guy, Dope the Phenom, a.k.a. Trippy OG, whichever you prefer. Another episode here on Nick and 30, and y'all know the vibes because we stay lit over here. And on top of that, y'all heard last week's episode. I had to pack Reggie Bullock up out of here with his remarks about the Dallas Mavericks. Bro, they're not a level up. I'm going to say it again for the people that didn't hear it before. They don't get out the first round, so I'm not hearing none of that. Pack it up. Enjoy your bread. Call it a day. But other than that, folks, today is a very, very, very special day. I got a special guest for y'all. Yes, a special guest, man. We have Tamir. That is the owner of Nick's tate.co on instagram today make sure you guys follow that's at k-n-i-c-k-s-t-a-p-e dot c-o make sure y'all follow what's good bro thank you for coming on what's good what's good talk to the people hey what's up um thanks for having me you know, I know I never did nothing like this before. I don't want to, I don't know like what to say, but like, I don't know, first time going on podcast, enjoy, enjoy your content. So, you know, just you know, happy to be here, I guess. Nah, that's a fact though. That's a fact, man. You definitely been behind the scenes for a while. I've been following your grand for some time before I, you know, decided to get into this whole spill and all that. But, you know, how, how long you actually been uh, running your page? If you, if you don't mind me asking. It was, it's, it, I know for a fact it was in December. It was like the last, the very last, the, the game, the day before the last preseason game. So sometime, sometime around December, then I just like, you know, I, I just, I just got to make one. This is actually my second attempt making the next page. I made one back when I was in high school, Ooh. but like, I was like, I didn't know like what I was doing and I like, it easily, it's easier to get like disencouraged when you're like not seeing results. Obviously, everybody start from zero, so like I just gave up on that like a week. But like I like really started like this one like just December, so it ain't even been like a year yet. That's a fag, and look at that, it ain't even been a year yet, and you're already up. What you almost close to what a thousand followers? Yeah, I think I'm at eight eighty right now. Eight hundred eighty followers. Y'all hear that, folks? Yeah, 880, man. We need to get them to a we need to get them to that clean thousand. Road to a thousand. Make sure y'all follow that up. Make sure y'all do that. Also, make sure y'all follow Nick and 30. That's at K-N-I-C-K-N underscore three zero. I don't know if I spelled that right right now. I'm too excited. We lit, but y'all already know the gram. It's lit. It don't matter. But, anyways, look, with this special guest today and on this episode. We just going to go ahead. We already talked about training camp before. Y'all got a little preview of what's to come on this pod if you tune into the live yesterday, which was super lit. But we're going to go ahead and talk about preseason because that is the next course of action that we really get to see. And plus, it's going to start this epic season. And as y'all know, we are going against the Indiana Pacers. We are going against the Pistons. And we are going against the Washington Wizards twice. So with that being said, before we even go down to the takes, 
how you feeling about that whole schedule, bro? Like, how, how do you feel about the four games that we got? If you've been a Knicks fan for, like, at least three, four years, you already know that the Knicks are going to play the Wizards. The Knicks play the Wizards every single preseason. I don't know why, but it always happens, like, for some reason. But uh, other than that, Raptors, Raptors and Pacers, right? I mean, Wizards, which team is it? We got, the Pistons. we got the Pistons and we got Indiana, too. Pistons and um, Pistons. Okay, so I feel like Pistons, will know, we know that they're going to play their guy because they got the whole brand-new squad. I think their longest tenured player on the team is Killian Hayes, and they drafted him 10 months ago. So hopefully we'll get the, we'll get a chance to – I want to play the whole the other teams, like main rotational players for as long as we can. We already know, like, third, fourth game. They'll usually be rested, but that's a young team. So they'll probably be playing all of their everybody that they have really need rest. They got a whole bunch of 19 and 20 year olds on their team. And Pacers, they got guys coming back from injury. I know TJ Warren, like uh, early in the week, I feel like I think he had a announcement that he had like a minor a setback with his injury because I know he only played four games last year. So he'll probably look to get going. I know he played them first game, first game of the season last year. So in the Wizards, they're they actually like, our, uh, they're actually our first preseason game. That's the funny part too. The Pacers speaking on them. Yeah, and the Wizards, like I said, we played them every year, but they got like eight new bodies in the rotation. You got Brad, but Brad Bill too. So, as a strictly basketball fan, like I want to see how, how everything shapes up. I don't even I don't even know who would start a lineup. They, they're potentially going to throw out there, but you know, it'll be cool to see. No, nah, it definitely would. It definitely would. So being that we speaking again, uh, we speaking on the Wizards right now, we could go ahead and just start with them. Um, how, how do you actually feel our team matches up against them with their current roster they have? Um, I don't think they I don't think it's really like close, to be honest. So, like, like I feel like ceiling wise, just off comparison, I think we might we think we think we beat them at every at every facet, except for whoever. It's a debate which which who plays small forward and shooting guard between Fournier and RJ, but whichever one is not matched up with Bill, and then we pretty much win every individual matchup. And like as far as benches, it's not even close. So just on paper, going across the board, and the Knicks play defense, so I feel like we're a better team. But in the in the East period, then obviously I definitely think we'll finish a higher seed. I don't even think they're like I don't think Washington is a guaranteed top eight team. You can say playoffs, but since it's 10, te- 10 teams in each conference that got a chance to make it, I think they'll be, they could be they could be a playing team. But I So you give them a playing again? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I could definitely agree with you on, on that aspect. And the same thing, like, I, f- I feel the same way. Like, it all depends on who actually has to contain Bradley Bill. But on top of that, the only surprise take on it is how actually is – you know, Kyle Kuzma's and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie really going to, you know, act over there and really, you know, provide for that team. So that's another thing that I'm looking forward to see. And I'm looking to see, like, how the Knicks is going to react to that. You got you got a guy that was on the Lakers that got a chip, but he had to, you know, take the back step, you know, a lot of slander on his name. So he got a chip on his shoulder. Then you got Spencer Dinwiddie over here coming back from an injury. He really want to turn up, you know, so I, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be one for the one for the ages. And I could definitely say with them having that new team, we going we should see all of them in action in preseason. So that should be lit. That should be lit. 
But being that we just talked about them, we're going to keep this same question going. Let's go ahead and get into the Pistons, man. How you feel like we match up against them? That would be even, that would be even worse for the, for, the <laughs> oppos- for the opposing team. It's, it's weird saying this stuff about the Knicks because I Knicks haven't been like a team. You just be like, we're better or we got such and such coming up. That's a that's a win. That's a like that has been a long time since even last year. Like it took a while for it to settle in at the like 50 games. You start deciding, oh, it's a modified team. It, all, right, all right, we shouldn't lose this game. So like it's weird saying that now, but like Pistons, like, and I don't think that's an insult thing. Even fans know like they shouldn't be able to touch us. Like it's any given Sunday, anybody can be beat, but I feel like they don't match up with us at all. Big facts. He said any given Sunday. Yo, you got it with that one. You got it with that one. But keep going, bro. Keep going. I mean, yeah, but like they they probably they probably just gonna throw out they got, you know, got Kate, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, they got a whole bunch of young guys, basically what the Knicks were like the past three, four years. But we actually have something to compete for preseason. I don't know how focused the Knicks gonna are, are gonna be when it comes to like wins and losses rather than just because we got if we only have two new bodies but like they'll be in the starting lineup and be major factors so i don't know how dependent tails would be on trying to win immediately or rather than trying to mesh but if you're just going off talent and core and who be better regardless of that then obviously i'll take the knicks nah definitely definitely and you know like everybody knows, they have a great young, you know, talented roster over there, a nice young core. But I feel like, of course, you know, they're a project team. They could definitely maybe surprise folks in the current season. Who knows? But overall, the the, the one thing they lack over there, which we all going to see it to the T, is they don't have any type of veteran leadership. It's like they got to learn everything on the fly. It's like we learning together. So it's going to be exciting. But. With them, a lot of teams are going to have, like, scary hours in some quarters. That's the only thing I could believe. And the same thing with us. Like, I feel like when, when we go against them, it's probably going to be a point where it's like, all right, what, what are we doing here? Because we don't got a playbook on some of these guys. Well, most of these guys. So we got to go. I don't know. We might, like, just fall short. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of questionable with that Pistons game. Like, that's like the mysterious game to me. When it comes to this whole life factor, because it's, it's too many variables on what can happen and what can't happen. It's just, ah, I don't know. All I know is we ain't losing that game. Preseason, regular season, we just ain't losing to them. And if we lose to them, whoever want to bet, put your money up, because I promise you, we ain't losing to them. But before we go ahead into the next question, let's go ahead and talk about Indiana. What's the rundown on them? Indiana is purgatory. That's... Indiana has been purgatory for the last five, five or so years. So I don't, I definitely think that we could, we can't lose to them. But matchup wise, everything, all three teams that we play in, in the four games, I feel like we're better than them. It's like we match up every position, especially. I, I hope, I hope the whole team is healthy, especially at the, at both, hope both teams are healthy, especially at the center position. So that we could get Miles Turner versus Mitchell Robinson because it's been like an ongoing thing, especially between some Knicks fans. Miles Turner, I feel like this is one of the most overrated plays in the NBA. And it, a lot of Knicks fans I see are like, I get asked all the time. Anytime I do a question poll on Instagram, or anytime he becomes like 
the slightest a bit available in trades. Knicks fans mm-hmm. always feel like they need to jump the gun because Mitchell Robinson played 40 games and they all have amnesia. But he I I will I will bet money and I'll I would like I would die on this hill that he's not better than Mitchell Robinson. So like a whole even if it's like 20 minutes and they both sit on the bench and let and let the let the reserves get get burned. I don't care. I just like I just want to like prove they, that he's just not better because like I feel like Mitch is like heavily disrespected, especially like in the fan base. Like they know he's good, but like they tend to forget. So like nah. I'm looking forward to that, but I know for a fact we're a better team. I don't know if he's a better player. Nah, that's a fact though. Like a lot of people do sleep on Mitch Rob. Like don't get me wrong, I love Mitch to death. You know what I'm saying? And me personally. I feel the same way as you. Mitch is the better player. A lot of people like to tend and say Miles is the better player just because he could spread out the defense and shoot a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's like we've seen so many training videos and play around videos with Mitch shooting the ball. It's obviously it's obvious that the Knicks got a set plan for him to why he can't shoot. But when you see the fact of how he put on that 275 and he had that the form looking right. I'm like, okay, he must be working on some if he got his hand up like he's shooting. So we should see a lot of surprises. But I'm on the same on the same wave as you, Brock. They gotta get him to some burn in that preseason. Like I have to see it. Even if even if Miles, like with me, I know Mitch is gonna get burned. He hasn't played in a while. So I should expect him to be playing off the rip. But it's all about Miles. Like we've seen him in the gym. He's been working out with Julius, you know. They, they got to do this matchup. But with doing this matchup, do you feel like this will weigh in on what the Knicks might do with Mitch if they decide not to keep him and trade him? And if they decide to actually go, you know, do that trade package that everybody's been seeing for a while for uh, Miles Turner? No, I don't think anything. Like, I don't think anything this soon, like whether it goes good or bad. I don't think it would, it would, it would be nice for it to go well. But I don't think it would like determine any like future outlook. I think like over the course of the season, it would need to be something or something that they don't see or do see that that will make them ultimately make a decision. But I, I, I do hope personally that he gets extended, especially now. I rather I would rather happen sooner than later. I wanted it to happen in the off season because for all we know, it could go all become defensive player of the year candidate. And then he becomes too expensive. Then he becomes too expensive rather than extending him for like at bare minimum twelve million twelve million dollars a year when his center's like Rudy Gobert making thirty and eventually it'll be forty. So like it'll be like give or take. I would have done it. I understand why they didn't do it. He missed thirty games. I do feel like his injuries are like a bit exaggerated for him to be like injury prone because I feel like he's played. I think he played like 75 percent of the games since he's been in the league, but. Anything like as far as like short term, like in the next month, like the first preseason game or like the first three, I don't think like it'll ultimately make him a decision. It'll make, help them make a decision unless he gets like injured or something, which obviously be like a negative. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, I don't, I don't even think that it's really the whole injury prone aspect. I think it's just the fact, you know, how, how that whole thing runs with seven footers getting a foot injury man like when they have foot injury it's hard to bounce back from but he looks like he's up for the task and i could get why they didn't extend him because it's like okay we want to keep you but you just have to show us that you won't get hurt you get what i'm saying so with that it's like okay that i feel like maybe 20 25 games into the season that's when he should get his extension i think that's when he's probably going to get it because 
if you think about it, the same thing runs for Kevin Knox as well, too. Like they both, you know, they both did. They both picked up their options, but it's like, who's really going to who you going to extend? Obviously, we know, you know, Mitch is in the running, but, you know, same thing could be in play with uh, Kevin Knox, too. If he decides to actually prove himself in training camp, because, you know, I, me personally, I don't, I don't think he might truly make it past training camp, <laughs> but that's that's just for another topic. But going on, let's go ahead and get into the next uh, key factor of this whole preseason thing. How do you actually – matter of fact, not even how do you actually. Who do you feel is going to, you know, seize the moment of preseason with the minutes that's given? Who do you feel is going to really turn up the most to actually solidify their spot in the rotation? Definitely think it will be the the sophomores on the team quickly and Ovi for for like for most part everybody else is like their roles are like solidified with like Rose, Randall, Kimba, even though I Kimba and Evan, I know they haven't played a game yet. But I feel like, you know, more or less, you know, it's more about gelling, gelling with them. But I feel like quickly and Ovi there'll be it'll be like a minute distribution distribution thing with them. Like they don't actually have like a several, you don't know how far it's gonna go. Like you can call them the future and all that, but at the end of the day, they're gonna have, they're gonna they're gonna be playing with like minimal roles. Like they'll definitely be in the rotation, but like preseason, while you got to see how much they develop. Because I know I, I know oh we had a great summer league IQ. It was it wasn't the best. He he didn't shoot very well. But you can't put all your stock in a summer league. And you can't do preseason either. But at some point, you have to just go off of what you say. And I think like it'll be like deciding factors. But I think like especially Obi. Cause like I, I personally like would like to see him get a lot of a lot more minutes, like the the ten, the eight to ten minutes a night thing. Like I know Randall's all NBA and he's most minutes in the league, but I don't I don't think that'll cut it this year. Like I would like to see him play like at least 15, 20 minutes or some nights, even if it has to be with Randall and with old and with quickly, he'll he'll definitely get opportunity because we know Kemba and and Rules for that matter, they would they would have to like miss at least a little bit of time. Even if they don't get injured, it'll just be rest precaution. So, like, hopefully he'll make the best of his opportunity. But I would like to see both of them. And I think they will show out in preseason and make the most of their opportunities. Nah, definitely. Uh, I can agree on that. I can agree on that all the way. I feel like they definitely got something to prove and definitely have to, uh, you know, lock up their spots in the rotation for real, for real. But a lot of people may feel like it's set in stone, but they still got to fight for it. They still got to fight for it. My take on it, I feel like we're gonna see a good a good outing, but this time on a you've seen it in summer league. Now you're gonna see it on like a on an NBA stage. It may not be the full intensity of an NBA game, but it's like I guess you could say mid tier of it. I feel like McBride and you know Quentin Grimes they're gonna sit there and do what they gotta do to actually force Tom to run this at least a twelve man rotation. I feel like they're going to do what it has what has to be done to force his hand and we will no longer see a 10 man rotation this season. And I'm not I'm not mad at that at all. Like I feel like they need to and I feel like Tom actually needs to run deeper. Like he has a plus a, like a, a whole stockpile of talent and opportunities at his disposal. I don't see why we still run these 10 man rotations. He's he's got to crack that. He he has to crack that, man. For real. I personally, I don't. I personally, I don't have a problem with it. Last year, we definitely weren't a deep, a deep 
deep, deep, deep team. Like our bench was like the main part of it, but I don't think like we could have went further than nine, ten. Even if somebody went down, if it was ten, it'll go down to nine rather than Frank or or Knox coming off the bench. But this year, if he if he strictly went ten, I I personally wouldn't have a problem with it. And I don't like because at some point you have to have rhythm and continuity and all that good stuff. So I I don't I don't really have a problem with it, but. Like I said, with roles, we have we have a couple have a couple guards that were like, especially the the position that the um Grimes and McBride play, they'll definitely have opportunity during the season. But I don't I don't really think that no matter no matter how good they look, I don't think like the first ten off the bench, I don't think they'll be in it. And I I definitely don't see to stretching it to eleven, twelve men, unless unless it's like a blowout. Even then, we saw him not want to take the starters out because he likes to say no lead is safe. Nah, definitely. But I don't really see them at least, you know, trying to crack the, like, oh, they're going to be uh one of the key factors off the bench or something like that. But I would say at least, you know, like I've been preaching for a while, um, you would, I guess you could say McBride is the third string point guard because me personally, Luca Vildoz is not beating him out that spot. Um with uh with Quentin Grimes, he's kind of like the the SGSF type player. I guess he could play either or position. So I would just say when it comes to the, however you want to do that rotation, whoever they like, put whatever position you got them stat, uh, stated at, just get them eight minutes. You know, it's forty eight minutes in the game. Your your bench and your you know your bench and your your starter themselves. They those two guys. They could sit there. Split 20 minutes a piece, you know, get a rookie, you know, eight minutes, you know, just so he can get his, his feet wet because it's like I don't want to see them throw the young guys in on the, you know, you with the spur of the moment type of thing. Like, oh, you know, you just got to be ready for anything. Yeah, cool. I, I believe that. And that's cool. But we should still at least ease them in, you know, to the game, to the NBA level, to that intensity, to that aspect, because. You don't want to be where it's like, oh, it's a crucial moment. Somebody go down. Now you need wins. And now we stuck because now you got to wait for these kids to try to pick up the pace when we could have already been, you know, letting them get, you know, get that burn that they needed just to understand how actually different it is from practice to hearing it to actually, you know, being in the game, in the moment. Yeah, I can agree with that. Definitely. Like in spurts, though, like I don't. Not off the rip, because like I don't even think that's in Tibbs like character, but I think like he'll make he'll like make the efforts and like definitely like try to make sure, like you said, get their feet wet. That's a fact. That is a fact. But the last topic of this whole joint when it comes to preseason folks, and you know, then we're gonna end it on a note after this, but it's been lit so far. Is all right, being that we got these three teams we going against, right? I guess we could start with with Indiana. Then we're going to go to the Pistons, and then we'll do the, the Wizards last for the fact that we go against them twice, right? So with Indiana, right, and this is the same question for uh, all three teams, what is it – what are – I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. Give me a second. How do I want to say this? Okay, so I'm going to say it like this. What are the key things you're looking for when we go against these teams? Like when we go against the Pacers – what is the the key thing you're looking for for the Knicks to be doing in that game? Play faster. All right, like it's not even like a thought to play faster. More possessions, play faster. Last year it was like it was like a made me pull on my head a lot of times. Like the Knicks play pace play so slow, 
No, that was like a that was like a, a big thing when people brought up Randall's minutes distribution and how much he played, but you had to factor in like it wasn't like a modern day 2021 offense. You weren't running up and down the court, but I really need the Knicks to like play fast, especially a team like Indiana. They play pretty slow and like for years past, probably not 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 this past year, but they like the core that they had was like a solid defensive team. But like I really hope the Knicks like just get more possessions, play fast, and get easy buckets. You have the whole whole bunch of twenty three and under year olds on your team. You just don't need to run it down and always have a half court offense, especially like with the new with, with like Kemba and Evan on the team. I think they should definitely look into that. Uh honestly you hit it on the nose because I was gonna give you the same take with Indiana. Like I feel like fast breaks is what's gonna be the key for us going against them in preseason and the regular season because like I said again, you did hit it on the nose. They do play a slower pace. Yes, they can hit a fast break, but they can't do it the way we can now. Now with Kimba and you got D-Rose, you know the pace is going to be pushed. If you look at both lineups, we have shooting and we got lob threats on both ends, meaning the bench and the starting unit. There's no reason why if we have the opportunity, we don't push the ball. And even if we don't have the opportunity, when we eat, like say if we're in a catch-up situation, there's no reason we can't get points real quick on the board with all of these different threats, but with the fact that we got two guards that love to push the pace. They definitely love to push the pace. So I don't see nothing wrong with that take at all. Like, if we don't do that, I'm going to be pretty pissed. So I'm glad you said it. I'm going to definitely be looking forward to that. I'm going to be looking forward to that. So with that being said, what are the key things that we should be, well, that you feel we should be doing against the Pistons, being that, you know, they're the Pistons. Like, should definitely try new things. I don't know what they. I don't know what they are specifically, but we got two new two new heads to bring in. And they're gonna be pretty big parts of the offense. So like, when you facing a young team, they got a whole. They got a whole. They got even more bodies over there. So you don't need to try to like. No, you can't actually. You need to try to experiment in new things. And that's gonna be. Your practice is when a young team is probably going to be bottom three, bottom five team in the league. I don't, I don't, I don't remember if it's a home game or away game, but regardless, like just try, try things out. Like, it's like in whether it's lineups, you could throw Grimes and McBride in there, or you could just try new offense. Definitely hope Tibbs would expand the offense because it looked kind of shaky at times, and it would just dump it off to Randall and make make a play but now that we got some some guys and three new starters basically because Mitch always forget the clue and I like to say three new starters so hopefully we just try, try new things and especially on offense just like and beat up on them on defense obviously because they're not really a formidable team and they're new and young so hopefully we could take nah, that direction that's that's a fact um I definitely like that take because I, I didn't think about that at all like a, a, a team that you know should be you know, bottom three, bottom five, we definitely should be practicing new schemes. So for all those that's listening, that was a great take. I'm going to say it again because I didn't think of that. I didn't even have that in the slightest idea in the back of my head, any of that. So that's that's perfectly fine. But here's my question, though, with, with what you said. Do you really feel Mitch would actually get that starting position with the money that we gave Noel? Or do you feel like they're going to have to battle it out for that spot? Yes, one hundred percent. It's not like it's not a debate. I I definitely feel like he should, but even putting my my own opinion aside, like I don't think it's like 
a debate. Like even when Mitch came back from injury last year and he came off the bench, like the minutes were like pretty like even. Like it's not about the play. It'll be a, it, it, the only question will be like easing him into it and 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 making sure he's like comfortable and and, ha- and in rhythm. But there won't it won't ever be a, a like a battle. Like I don't think it's like close. I feel like people who like feel like him and Noel are in the same league is like kind of disrespectful. Like that's just my opinion. I don't think like it's like close. I know he makes more money, but he he has been in the league for eight, seven, eight years, and Mitch is eligible for that unless they extend him. So I don't think like that that'll matter. To be honest, I I definitely feel like day one Mitch would be starting, especially if he's healthy. Honest to God, I feel the same way. Like I feel like we just gave Noel that money to secure a bona fide backup center. So and you know just in case if you know the whole thing comes with the. We may have to trade off Mitch, which I hope we don't do. We still have a solidified backup center for whoever comes in the door to replace Mitch, which I don't think is going to happen, folks. I don't think it's going to happen. So now we get to the last team, the Wizards, right? Now, before you state the key things, I want you to go ahead and do it in three parts. First, you're just going to say the key things you want to see in, see in general against them, right? The next, you're going to give me – what what how would you uh how would a scenario be if we won both the games and what would the scenario be if we win and lose a game well i could answer the, the last two first to be honest you i really got like, order yeah i feel like if we win both it'll be like it'll be a, like great because like you could before the games happen or preseason coming up, you can say, I just want to see this. No matter how good your team is expected to be, you can say, I just want to see this, this and see that. It doesn't really matter who wins. But, like, it does, it can matter and it, like, will matter for, like, morale purposes and, like, it feel good to evaluate, like, talent or watch film or evaluate what you're seeing if you get a win. Because last year, the Knicks blew out the, a, a Cavs team that hasn't made the playoffs in however many years. And quickly had twenty pieces in the preseason, and Obi had twelve in the first. I remember that vividly. We had he, Obi had twelve in the first preseason game against the Pistons, and everybody was oh rookie of the year, we could trade Randall, da da da. And like obviously that's not like even a thought now. It wasn't a thought thirty games in. So like it, it like narratives definitely matter. But when two wins, both winning both games against was it'll, it'll it'll definitely like help for like those purposes. I don't know like within the team. I think only like morale and like you want to get wins and you want to see results. I don't know who will be playing by then. I we play those, we play them last, right? I don't know who will be playing by then. They'll maybe be resting some guys, but I think that for those purposes, it'll matter. But win and lose, win and, win and lose a second or lose both, I don't think like it'll be like too detrimental, to be honest. I just think it'll be about like seeing what's out there. Regular season, obviously, it matters more, but preseason, I don't think it'll. It'll be too much. Definitely, definitely. And then uh, last thing, what's the key things that you want to see us do against the Wizards? Definitely we, we take advantage of the scoring because I know they have a new coach. I think it's about West Elso Jr. I think that's a new coach. But in previous years, they definitely play zero defense. So more or less what I said with the – well, pretty much both teams I said before, basically, like, take advantage and, like, become more offensive-oriented. Like, we have talent now. We have – three players that are capable of averaging 20 points per game. I don't think they will all average that, but, like, you have – like, on any, on any given night, you got three, four guys that can give you 20, 25, 
there's like no there's like no weak links. There's no offensibility um liabilities at point guard to be for example, like have like we have guys. So like try to make sure that you utilize these guys that's what play faster comes into play. So that way minutes distribution won't matter, touches won't matter. There's only one basketball, but if you got multiple possessions, then it'll be it'll be more beneficial for the team. You got guys like Mitch. Don't need to draw a play up for him. He'll get like six, eight points on his own just by offensive rebounds or just, just being a lob there, just being there, have a lane, not be clogged because they can't help off of him. You got floor spaces. And like I said, the Wizards, they don't really play. They Previously, they didn't really play any defense, and they got a new team as well, a new coach. So, like, got really lucky. And the Pacers, they got a new coach. So, all three teams either have a new coach or a new guy. Some got both. So, you know, you just take advantage of the new bodies that you're going against. I guess. Nah, that's a fact. The the you hit again, you hit it on the nose. Like the main thing I just want to see against the Wizards because that is a team that you know can be a, a sneaky team. Like that's one of those teams where you don't really know how they're gonna be. Like you can write them off now just because of how they look on paper, but you don't know how they would gel. So with them, I feel like we need to pull out the stops because uh if I'm not mistaken, we play them. I think the order is Pacers, Wizards, Pistons, Wizards, right? So if that is the order, uh, the fourth game, we may just rest people like you stated. But for that first initial game, that's when we need to sit there and actually pull out the stops. Like, all right, go, go get buckets, hit them threes. Let me see transitions. Let me see fast break. Let me see everything you would do against a, like a playoff formidable team. You get what I'm saying? Because uh, even though they lost Westbrook, they still got – they still got to the playoffs regardless with Bradley Bill as well. So you still got Bradley over there. Uh, I expect Spencer Dimwitty to give you 110% how he was doing on the Nets. Maybe not in the same fashion, but I expect him to turn it up a notch. And then on top of that, my sleeper with this is just with Kyle Kuzma being in a new home, I expect him to take advantage of every opportunity he can get because basically – and his mind now, that was more like a write-off. Like, they was just trying to set him, set him packing. But who knows? Who knows? It, it's going to be a dogfight between these two guys. You know, whether it's preseason, regular season, it's going to be a dogfight. You know, that's, a, that's one of the conference rivals. That's, a, that's, a, that's like one of the tri-state, I guess you could say, rivals. But they're not in the tri-state, folks. But I'm just saying, like, once you get out the tri-state, they're knocking on the door. They're right there. So Man, I don't really, I don't, I don't really necessarily think it would be that close, to be honest. Like we three, we three old them last year. They won two games by at least like 15, 20 points. We got better. I don't know if you say they got worse, but they did lose a top five, six, seven point guard. No rest. Like I don't really, I don't, it's preseason might go because figuring things out. But once like 10 games into the season, like I don't, like they're one of those teams that's just like, Check mark like that's a that's a win and it's four four times this year going back to eighty two games I don't really think that they, they the Wizards don't put fear in my heart at all any, <laughs> like like I said the, the any any given Sunday thing but like the four games we'll we'll beat them three three to one at least in my opinion but anything can happen nah I call it I call it clean sweep I'm not even gonna hold you. I call a clean a clean sweep on the on the Wizards though for the regular season, but they they are a team that I expect to make the play in and then be a sneaky opera you know be a sneaky opponent. So 
if we do like, let's just say, you know, they end up putting the, the ball on the pedal, they do their thing. We end up having to meet them in the playoff series. It's going to be a dogfight, but I mean, of course, we're going to come out victorious, but it's going to be a dogfight, like for real, for real. Like that, that, that'd be an opportunity to where all of those guys would be like, you know what? We wasn't even supposed to be here. They'll probably be like in the same situation as us. So they'll try to seize the moment. But just like you said, they don't put fear in my heart. Honestly, a lot of these teams on the East don't put fear in my heart. But, you know, you got to be optimistic. You got to be ready. And you just, you got to take, like, like the Knicks said, we got to take every game day by day. We got to, you know, stick to the remedy, stick to the format. We're family first. You know what I mean? Team defense and defense, period. If you, uh, if you got that mindset, defense wins championships. We got the scoring now. We got the depth. We got the, we got the guys needed. Now we just got to get the gelling. You know what I'm saying? We got to get it. We got to get it all to work. We got to get all the work, work. But before we head out of here, man, like, just go ahead and touch base on it. If you could give us a, a record for us on the regular season, right? What, what would you say? What would you say our overall record would be at the end of the season? 47 and 35 is my number. I don't know why. It just, I mean, I know why, but it's just like, that's very like specific number I'm set on. You don't think we crack 50 wins? Oh, you can definitely crack 50 wins. Like, that wouldn't surprise me. But, like, within that range, 50, 47. I feel like the E's are going to be, it's going to be, like, a top-heavy team. I mean, on conference. So, like, I always, I always say this, like, home court would be nice. But, like, as long as, like, you know, the, the juggernauts, like, Milwaukee and Brooklyn, top two seeds. The Knicks fall three to six. Obviously, the six avoids a play-in and. You don't play Brooklyn or Milwaukee. You'll play three. To, you'll play a three C. But as long as the Knicks fall like third to six, like I'll be cool. Like home court advantage is is preferred. But you play if Brooklyn and Milwaukee aren't involved, then you'll play Miami, Atlanta again, Philly, or Boston. Like any of those teams will be in that range. And like they don't, I feel like the Knicks could be all of them, especially if it's like. Because it was last year, we were fourth seed over the Hawks. And some people were like the rewrite history and act like like we just like got dogged by this trash team. Even though we, it was like it literally came down to the last game of the season when we were facing G League, a G League Celtics team. And we only blew a lead. And we were finished one game ahead of them. And they missed like they had, they had a, a terrible coach for like half the season. So like context matters. So, but like teams could be separated by like the slightest of games. So I don't really think like if we finish six, I don't think it'll be like a, oh my god, I don't. But it's I could, we could, we could finish as high as third. It wouldn't surprise me because like, like I said, I think all of those teams will be like different, differentiated by like one or two games. I think it's like quite even. Definitely, definitely. So, with my take, if we were to sit here and win fifty-two games with thirty losses, what what seeding would we be with that? Like, what 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 seed would we be? Would we be like what fourth with that fourth third? Somewhere three, three, three or four definitely have home court. I don't think I don't think you could win fifty two games in the East and and not have home court. Like it would be third, third or fifth. Yeah. I mean fourth. That's why I'm going with it, man. I think we're gonna win fifty two games, man. I think we're gonna surprise the masses. We're gonna end up in the top four again, and we just gonna we gonna prove we just gonna we gonna turn up. We gonna turn up. My my craziest take, and that's like this is like the craziest thing I could come up with is. I feel like we're going to have a Subway series that we always wanted in the conference finals. But 
you know, that's just me being a whole op, like a whole jolly Nick fan, just super hyped that we got, you know, the additions we got. And we, you know, we looking like a, like a team that that's going to work well together. We looking like a team that's going to work well. So, you know, that's just me being me. But other than that, bro, I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for actually joining this episode. Yo, you're the first one to do it. It's lit. It's lit. Keep putting out that content. Yeah, you're the first person to do it. As in, like, you know, people that run their own Instagram pages that really go into fruition. Other than that, I normally have, you know, guys that are just, you know, truly Nick fans. I have them come on here, talk they spill. But you're the first, like, you know, real guy running their own Instagram page ready to get on the pod. So, hey, it's the first time for everything, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So it's, it's an honor. That's a fact, man. But again, I thank you for tuning in. I thank all of y'all for tuning in. Make sure y'all follow his Instagram page at nickstape.co. I'm not spelling that again because y'all know how to spell, man. It's your guy, Dope the Phenom, aka Trippy OG, whichever you prefer. Another one here for Nick and 30. It was a lit episode. I had my guy Tamir, the host of nickstape.co, pull up. Yo, you got any final words before we get out of here, bro? Follow the grand. That's all I got to say. And follow his. You heard it. You heard it. He said, follow the gram. Make sure y'all follow Nick in 30. And on the gram, it's Nick in 30 with the underscore in between the N and the three zero, folks. Make sure y'all get in tune. Y'all know I drop every Friday. Y'all know I go live every Thursday. I'm actually about to pull up on Legions and Nick's podcast YouTube page at 8 o'clock, man. So if y'all ain't doing nothing around then, make sure y'all tune in. We lit. We here. Nick's is going to turn up. Preseason's almost here. Training camp's almost here. Come on, October 5th. We just going to jump past training camp. October 5th. Let's go. Let's do this. Make sure y'all get in tune. Make sure y'all follow both pages. Make sure y'all go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube channel, Nick and 30. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Make sure y'all get the link tree. Man, go ahead and get real. We lit. Get a shirt. Get in tune with everything, man. We here.